Lace Him Up. Because it's time for the Sunday Skate. This is the Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. A comprehensive look at the bees from deep inside the organization to the ice and beyond. Brought to you by your Boston area Mercedes-Benz dealers, AT&T, Wise Snacks, and Star Market. Now, let's get it going with ESPN's Joe McDonald, Pete Blackburn, and WEEI.com's DJ Bean. Welcome back to Sunday Skate. The second hour is the best hour, as we like to say on this program. Uh, Steve Conroy will join us at around 8.30. Steve Conroy, the Boston Herald, does a great job covering the Bruins uh, for them and has for quite a long time. We're also taking your calls at 617-779-7937. And these are the questions that we're posing to you. If the Bruins are to fall out of it, they currently hold the third seed in the Atlantic Division. They're three points up although Detroit has a game in hand, if they fall out of it, if they either miss the playoffs or they drop to the second wild card spot, which are really the two options, it's either going to be, or I should say the three options, they're either going to be third in the Atlantic, they're going to be the second wild card, or they'll miss the playoffs. Uh, if they fall out of it, who do you blame? Uh, who do you want held accountable? Would you fire Claude Julian? Do you want maybe Cam Neely held a little more accountable than he has been to this point? And uh, the other question is if the Red Wings are to catch the Bruins, would you rather them have that second wild card seed and play the Capitals in the first round, or for the sake of maybe uh, changes coming, would you rather them miss the playoffs completely? So we're taking your calls on that. 617-779-7937. Anything else you got in your mind, give us a call, and we'll be happy to talk to you. Uh, Maria from Watertown, one of our great callers, she raised the point about David Krejci. She said that it seems that Claude Julien holds David Pasternak accountable that he makes him pay for his turnovers, he sits him, he moves him down the lineup whenever he messes up, which is true, and David Pasternak does have a lot of turnovers, so he does give Claude Julien a lot of opportunity to to move him down the lineup. But she noted David Krejci's also struggling, and he's not being held accountable the same way a young player like Pasternak will be. And she asked why. We never really had time to loop back and answer that question. For me, I think the question's obvious. Uh... With Pasternak, if he's messing up, you've got other options. You have a lot of wings. You don't have another David Krejci. Uh, if David Krejci's struggling, your only solution is to hope that David Krejci stops struggling and works his way out of it. And also, I would say that David Krejci's never been as bad as David Pasternak this year. I'd say that there's it's something of an apples and oranges comparison. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I mean, we all know how, how Claude treats his veterans, too, the ones that he trusts. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... It's two completely different situations there. But we did get an interesting, um, yes. what was it? What would you call that? A proposal? Uh, yes. Uh, we had a caller or a, uh, a listener tweet in asking about Krejci, and he said, this summer, would you trade David Krejci and try to make a run at Steven Stamkos? That's a crazy hypothetical that was put out there, although that when you think about it, it's not the craziest thing in the world. If you keep Claude Julian, uh, Stamkos and Julian are very fond of one another. So maybe Stamkos would like to come here and play for uh, play for Claude Julian. If he, if he wants to go to Toronto, I mean, that's obviously home for him. It's also a huge hockey market. Then maybe he'd also be willing to go to, to Boston. It's a huge speculation on our, on our end. Uh, Pete, I'm wondering your answer to that question. If you could, if you could trade Krejci... And sign Stamkos, would you do it? If you could? Yeah. Hell yeah. 
I mean, I, I would 100% be down for that. I am as well, even though that it would mean taking on a lot more money. Uh, Krejci makes seven and a quarter, I believe. Stamkos, who is younger, would probably command ten and a half, something like that. I would do that. That's a, it, 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 that's crazy, insane money, but you know what? The Bruins have it. Uh, crazy, I, insane money for one of the few guys in the league who deserves it. Yes, exactly. And if you were to trade Krejci, then you get something for him, hopefully. I mean, Krejci's no slouch. You're trading one of the best centers in the NHL. Maybe you'd get that young, great top four defenseman. So yeah. maybe you kill two birds with one stone. Now, It'll never happen, but... It will never. Yeah, none of these things will ever happen. This is all just crazy, crazy pipe dream stuff. But uh, I would be willing to do that if I were the Bruins. And it's by no means a they must trade David Krejci thing. It's if you have the opportunity to go out and get the best, one of the best players, then you do it. It's kind of like uh, the 2004 winter, 2003 slash 2004 winter for the Red Sox, where a right. Uh, a Rod's out there. Do you like Nomar Garcia Parra? Hell yeah. Has he been the the trooper? Done all the things you want? Yeah. Is he a fan favorite? Yeah. David Krejci has done countless great things for this team. But if you have the opportunity to go out and get Steven Stamkos, go out and get Steven Stamkos. I don't know if it's realistic, but uh, yeah. If I'm the Bruins, I would be I would be willing to do that. Um, on the Stamkos thing, on the Krejci thing. I think that it brings to mind some of the Bruins' offensive issues. Uh, this team started off very strong, was scoring over three goals a night on average. Since then, has averaged uh, less than two goals per game since, I want to say, something like their last 14 games. They've averaged less than, three goal, or less than two goals a game. Uh, that, for me... I want to get into this with you. What are the bigger takeaways from you from this recent five-game losing streak? For me, the biggest one is that they don't score goals. And uh, Fred was talking about you want them peaking at the right time. You want them hitting their stride. If they're not scoring, if they've got as many guys cold as they have, last night was Bergeron's first goal and I want to say nine games. Chara, you don't rely on him for offense, but he scores goals for you. Um, he'd, uh, he'd fallen off. He'd gone... 20 games without a goal. Marshan has now gone eight games without a goal. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Hayes and Brett Conley. Conley's sitting right now, which for me, I don't do. I don't, I, I have him in there over Jimmy Hayes. I, I think that they go to Hayes because he's maybe got more of a concrete future with this team, but I don't love Jimmy Hayes right now. There's a lot to not like about this Bruins offense right now. For you, what what did you take out of the five-game losing streak? Well, I, th- I think, again, it goes back to you can't rely on a handful of guys to get you your offensive production every single night. Right, because then once they go quiet, then the whole then, operation shuts down. Yeah, and I mean, the, the Bruins... Offense isn't the problem in the big picture of yeah. things. They're they're what third in scoring. They're and they're probably still yeah top five somewhere in there. Yeah. So that's not the big picture problem. The big picture problem is defense. But in this snippet of games, this window where they've been terrible, it's you have to have guys picking up uh, the guys who have been doing it all year. Right. There needs to be you know complementary offense. Yeah. And they just haven't got that and. 
you're not going to win goals if you're scoring. If you're averaging less than two a game. Right, and that was always a hallmark of this team too. It's, it's secondary scoring was always great, and that was in the good old days of Michael Ryder and uh, and Chris Kelly and Rich Peverly. That if guys were to slow up a bit, as you said, they'd be picked up. And Ryan Spooner right now, uh, that was his first. His goal the other night was his first five-on-five point, I want to say, in, in quite a while. He's uh, he's slowed a bit. Bolesky, Bolesky can't be relied on to score. I think that if you that if you get on him for scoring, then you're not you're kind of misunderstanding the player. But still, you'd like him to contribute offensively at least a little bit, and he helped factor into that. Uh, that Bergeron goal last night because he was good in front of the net. We can also get to this. I I don't like the 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 tweak they made to the um the first power play unit where they took Ryan Spooner off, uh, moved Louis Erickson to the half wall, and then put Matt Bolesky in front of the net. I like Matt Bolesky a lot uh, as a net front guy, but you've got one of the better net front guys in the league in Louis Erickson. I don't like him taking. I don't like taking out uh, taking him out of a spot where he excels. Is he good on the half wall? Sure. Yeah, he's good in a lot of scenarios, but I would rather have him where he operates best, which is in front of the net, where he plays that kind of finesse, uh, Swedish, non-aggressive net front style. Uh, I understand that that Spooner has cooled off a little bit, but in the long run, I think that that unit will operate a lot better if, uh, if... Erickson is back in front of the net. All right, 617-779-7937. We'll continue to take your calls. Uh, let's go to Eddie in Haverhill. Eddie, good morning. Hi, how you doing? Hello. Hi, hi. I, was going to talk, I want to talk to why uh, Jimmy Hayes is still getting ice time in this team. I don't see it. I just can't understand. You've got to have someone better you can put out there than Jimmy Hayes. All right, I'll give you one option. Tell me if you agree. Okay. Brett Conley. Slightly, yeah. I, I would agree. I would agree. I'd put Conley over there, over Hayes. I would. Yeah. That, 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 not that it's a great upgrade, but I, I do that. At least for the time being. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, I'm wondering, what were your expectations of Hayes when, when they got him? Because Hayes at the time, and not to pull a, uh, a you-know-who, been writing that all year, bud, move, but um, I've... Are you, on, are, are you on speaker, Eddie? Yeah, I'm sorry. That's cool. Can you pop us off? Cool. Um, there you go. N- yeah, no, n- not not to do the like. Oh, I've been saying this forever. But the second they got Jimmy Hayes, I was kind of worried that people might un- misunderstand the player and think, oh, he scored 19 goals last year. I talked about 20 it on goal score on He's... the preseason podcast that we did. It's Jimmy yeah. Hayes. I feel like he he was set up for disappointment because he was like a local kid, yeah. and they, people looked at his numbers. He was never. Uh, a like a fantastic player, right? I did think that he would be better, but I I figured that the expectations would be set too high for him. Yeah, um, probably were. Yeah, and I think that for for a player like him, who a lot of his goals are garbage goals, he scores them in front of the net. Uh, you can score a a lot of goals that way, but just because you're relying on bounces, there's no way to really project. All right, this guy is good for X amount of goals a year. I thought that he could score 25 goals. I thought he could score 15 goals. And people who who don't really know Jimmy Hayes' game, when they look at his size and, and right. the weight that he has on him, 
they, they think that he's like this big tough player, which he he's not. Yeah, he's not that guy. And uh, I think somebody somebody tweeted at me earlier this week asking, you know, is is Jimmy Hayes pound for pound like the softest player in the league? And it, there's a case to be made. Well, just given his size, I mean, if if you're not a monster at that size, then you become soft. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Hayes. I can't say that he's been a, a major disappointment. I mean, would you you want him to be closer to the 19 that he scored last season? But this is kind of what he is as a player. I think that right now he's in a a very bad way. I think that he should be a healthy scratch right now. Do I think that he's a player that should not be in an NHL lineup long term? Always? No. No. I think that he should be a, a third line player for you, and that's what he's been for a lot of this season. I think that right now. He's a not very good fourth liner slash fringe healthy scratch. And for me, I would prefer to have Brett Conley in there over him right now. Again, by no means saying he's a terrible player, he's a useless player, but he's a bottom six player. And when a bottom six player isn't doing his job, then maybe he should be a healthy scratch. Uh, it also gets into, uh, and, uh, and thanks for the call, Eddie, it also gets into the discussion of the Riley Smith trade. Not a good swap for the Bruins. Riley Smith's a better player than Jimmy Hayes. I, I, I he is, but I don't have a problem, and I didn't have a problem when it happened. Just with them getting rid of Riley Smith. Yeah, yeah. I think that it wasn't going to work as well here for Smith. And uh, we both said it before the season that Riley Smith going to Florida was going to be a win for Florida. Yes, and it was a, definitely a win for Riley Smith. Yeah, because uh, he's there. By the way, how about that that uh, that Trocheck line with Jokinen and Riley Smith just dominating the Patrice Bergeron line the other night. How about that? It's sad. <laughs> and that gets into the thing with Florida of uh, do you like that matchup as much now as you did earlier in the season? I thought that if they got them in the first round or in the second round, easy matchup for the Bruins. Take it all day. Now, it's not just about, oh, put Char out there against the Barkov line. That'll take them out. Yager will be totally neutralized, silenced. They won't do anything. And then... Just match anybody else against the Trocheck line, and you're fine. Nah, they're they're kind of a tough customer right now, so I don't love that matchup as much as I used to. Uh, and now, and now Tampa without Strawman is uh, maybe the matchup that you want more than than Florida. Right? Maybe that's a that's a big big loss for them. Uh, speaking of Tampa, Dan's in Maine. Dan, what you got on Steven Stamkos? Hey, how's it going today? Excellent. Uh, so. We were talking about uh, that theoretical Stamkos acquisition, and as much as I would love that, uh, I don't know if I would like Stamkos here under uh, in the Claude Julian system. Now, I'm not I'm not bagging on Claude. I really like him as a coach, but I feel like he does much better with your uh, with your solid two way players. And you see a lot of guys that are in our system. Uh, Sagan was here and was never really super productive, and goes to Dallas and has is a phenomenal offensive player. Riley Smith is having a very good um, season offensively down in Florida. I mean, Luchik has almost 50 points this year uh, out in L.A. Um, I feel like uh, Julian runs a, a very conservative offensive system, and he puts a lot of emphasis on responsibility in all three zones, and it doesn't really give a lot of space for pure offensive talent to really perform at their best. I don't know if Stamkos would be money well spent with Claude Julian. That's uh, Dan, thanks for the call. That's a, a good point on Dan's part. Uh, the center takes on a ton of responsibility. 
in the Bruins' defensive system uh, in helping out the the D down low. So would Stamkos' numbers go down if he were in Boston? Absolutely. With that said, I still think that you can – I mean, David Krejci is a very scary offensive threat every time he's on the ice, and uh, he makes a difference in this system. Is he a two-way player? Of course. Probably maybe even an underrated two-way player, but he's still able to do a lot offensively. Uh, I still think that Stamkos would put up a lot of points and be that threat if he were in the Bruins system. But to Dan's point, his numbers would go down. Would you be okay with that if you were to spend $10.5 million on Steven Stamkos and see the numbers drop off? Yeah, because, I mean... I guess to that point, really anybody's numbers are going to drop off. So you go out and get the best players out right, there. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I the the question is is isn't you know would you be happy? Would you be fine with that? It's would Steven Stamkos be fine with that? Would he be fine coming here knowing that his points are going to go down? Right. I mean, Hall of Famer going to a team in the middle of his career. I mean that. That's a that's probably the better question. Not would the Bruins do it, but would Stamkos do it? Because you're right. Um, and he is. I mean, it'll take a lot of screwing up for Stamkos to not be a, a Hall of Famer. But would he be okay with, at the end of his career, looking at those stats and saying, all right, well, the Boston years, they, they really dropped off there. And not to mention just the fact that, you know, knowing Claude, that, you know, the defensive aspect is so important. Stamp, you know there are there are offensive guys out there who who want to be able to go out there and just be set free and and let them do their thing offensively. Would he be fine coming here knowing that that he's going to have more on his plate on the defensive end of the game? Yeah, it is a good question. Uh, all right, we're going to uh, hit a break here. Uh, we see Jimmy in the car. We see all the calls. Uh, we will get to you on the other side. It's Sunday Skate on Weei. I like it, Matt. Loper always brings the fire. Loper, yeah. DJ Loper behind the glass on the ones and twos. Just, man, King Loper. Uh, All right, last segment of Sunday Skate. Dage, Gift Boy in the hizzy. Uh, We'll get to your calls. We promised we would. 617-779-7937. You want to squeeze in a super quick thought, but we've got some calls that we've got to get to. Jimmy in the car. Thank you so much for waiting. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning, guys. Listen, I called last week about changes in the game. You guys didn't care for it. Disappointing, but still, I love the show. Um, what I called today about real quick was, hey, Riley Smith. I mean, listen, I'm not going to say I thought the guy was a great player last year or stuff like that, but what happened to the point where he was unwanted garbage here, and now he's wearing the A in Florida, and it was so impressive the other night. I mean, it can't be just a one-night wonder. I mean, he's got 24 goals, so he must have something – Something's going on down there that didn't happen up there. And the second thing I called about was, I believe that the uh, Bruins, uh, you asked about who's uh, responsible for the Bruins this year. I think Cam Neely is. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I know he's like everybody's... Uh, you don't have to apologize. Right, we, like, we I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you were listening early in the show, um, which I don't blame you if you, 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 you no, weren't. It's a no, super early show. Right. No. But we were saying that 
it's okay to blame Neely. I mean, like he's a, he's no, a big boy. Accurate. He can take it, and he is to blame in most cases. Yeah, it's more it's more than okay. It's it's accurate to blame him. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you the truth. Listen, I, I don't follow it uh, details like he used to based on schedule stuff. But last week on another station, Kim Neely said something to the effect where when I asked about Frank Vitrano, I'm not sold on him. I have no idea where he's going to be. But the point is. This Bruins need scoring. This guy's scoring down below. He has a knack. So you try what you have. And and asked, when asked, Neely goes, well, we're we going to play him. If he can't play in the top six, then uh, we, we can't fit him in. And it's like it's almost like he's forced to play him, or at least some, uh, GM or the coach is forced to play him. But the idea is Neely, I don't really understand him. I just don't understand what's going on, his philosophy. I was told by, uh, I don't like Don Sweeney, but that's Neely's pick. And uh, last thought was, uh, Don Sweeney mentioned this year we're going to see the Bruins of old, at least the type of Bruins play, tough and uh, heavy and physical, and we've seen anything but that. So all I'm saying is, guys, I wish we got back on the program. We'll, we'll lose a draw. I just don't know what type of team we have here. It's not fast. It's not big. It's not tough. It's not skilled. It's just uh, some guys have some – we have some cool guys that have, have some uh, life left in them that's kind of keeping the ship afloat. But aside from that, I don't see – uh, the promise that you would see in Tampa or in Florida or other cities. So I'd like you to talk about Riley Smith and then about Cam Neely. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Jimmy, great call. Call back anytime. I want to get to, to, the, to his point about you know not knowing what this team is. I think that's one of my biggest complaints about, about the, the Sweeney and Neely regime right now. It's that this team doesn't really have an identity. It right. doesn't know what spot it's in. Yeah. It's and it's hurting them. So many stops and starts, uh, whether with the guys they acquire, <clears throat> the type of roster that they're icing each night. Uh, I will say, and uh, I heard some callers on um, on Ordway, Merloni, and Fourier, and at the, the day after that game, the three of them, their talky talk that was one of the better hockey segments I've heard in this town in a while. Just all three of them were nailing it, so kudos to them. But they had a couple callers who were like, what makes me mad is they don't hit enough. The Bruins of old, man, they'd be out there. They wouldn't even care. They'd be hitting everybody. And it's like, sweet. They would get their ass. Like, if you bring back all those guys and put them on the ice right now, they would get their ass kicked in today's NHL. It's about generating offense. It's about having the puck. It's about having some composure, and the Bruins don't always have that either. No, so. and I and I don't think that I don't think that the Bruins like don't hit people. Right, like, they have the guys out there who do. Yeah, um, but yeah, Pulaski. Oh my God, yeah. people were creaming themselves over that guy yeah. last night because I mean, he, and he did have a great game. He bl- blocked those two big shots. Achari Thro- like, throwing his body around. I think that people love Achari. They're going to love Achari. Also, on the point that um, that Jimmy made about. Neely saying it's they they didn't quite know where to slot uh, uh, Vetrano in. I'd be fine with Vetrano as a fourth liner. He was playing with Achari down in Providence. If your fourth line is uh, Vetrano, Achari, Brett Conley, boom. There's a lot of skill there. There's a lot of sandpaper there. I think that's fine. Uh, Jim and Peabody, good morning. I'm a big Red Wings fan. I used to live in Detroit. Should I be worried they won't make the playoffs for the 25th straight year? Do you th- uh, do you think that the I'm sorry you're asking, asking should you be worried that they won't make the playoffs? Yeah, uh, yeah what do you think? Uh man, they have a lot easier of a next week than the Bruins do. We were saying that before. Buffalo at Montreal, both winnable games. Minnesota, that'll be tough. 
uh, Toronto, winnable game. It's If the Red Wings do miss the playoffs, we're not going to find out until their last three games of the season when they've got Philly, Boston, and New York. I think that my gut... What's that? That Bruins game April 7th could decide it, huh? That's going to be the center of the universe. That's going to be a huge, huge game. Uh, For me, my gut says that the Red Wings will miss the playoffs. I, I agree with what Steve Conroy said. That they'll pro- the Bruins will probably end up getting in on that third uh, spot in the Atlantic Division. And the Red Wings will miss, right? That's what I think. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Happy Easter. Awesome. Sorry to break it to you, to you Jim. Uh, it's definitely it's definitely possible that the Bruins will miss the playoffs, though. So I don't rule anything out. Not with this rag tap group of guys. Tip the tarp, baby. You got you to gotta tip the tarp on the postseason. That's that's what I do if I'm the, if I'm the Boston Hockey Bruins. Uh, who we got next? We got NFL Sunday next, don't we? That's going to be an exciting program. Lots to talk about. Nate Washington, what you think? What's he going to do? Is he going to be that outside guy? He's so short, isn't he? He's like six one. Yeah, that's so short. Not great listen, size. Listen, buddy. <laughs> Some people would kill to be well, six. Well, actually, right. That's that's multiple feet taller than some people on this show. Uh, very good show. Solid, solid, like, B plus, A minus show. We had some some crazy takes. We had some Steven Stamkos talk. We had we had people blaming Neely. We had everything. So, pretty clear Joe McDonald's a passenger on this show. It is. You know what? Yes. I think, that, I think that's what we learned about this show. So, Joey Mack, watch out. Uh, Matt Loper, excellent job. Excellent job on the music. Excellent job on the, the cuts. Uh, thank you for everything. Thank you to all the callers. We had a lot of callers today. We joked that Easter would be a caller-heavy show. Uh, it was no joke, my friends. We had callers, baby. So we'll be back next week. It'll be very exciting next week because, like I said, the Red Wings will make up their game in hand. It's going to be some crazy stuff. So until next time, I'm DJ Bean for Pete Blackburn and Matt Loper. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.